You're listening to Critical In, episode number 86. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on how to open the show this week? Uh, no. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of goofy Red Riding Hood jokes we could do, like, a, you know, how big your eyes are, how big your pants are, whatever it is. But uh, we, uh, see, we should do some sort of joke involving the, uh, um, I, I don't think it's, it might be, I don't think it's an old wives tale. I guess it's just a theory behind the story, but how it's about, like, the menstrual period. Um, and it was... Wait, what? You, this, is, this is true, I'm not making this up. It was used to teach girls, apparently, um... About their menstrual period? I don't know the exact... How does that teach girls about their menstrual period, though? I don't know. Let me try to to break it down here. Yeah, break it down Um, for me. Does she go out to the woods to visit Grandma once a month? I don't think that... No, no. Okay. Um, And she takes her hood with her. I get the red red part. She has a red hood, and her grandmother gave her the hood, correct? Uh, Maybe, yeah, sure. And then when she gets there... The, her grandmother's been eaten, and the wolf is pretending to be her grandmother, right? Yes. Um, and then the wolf decides not to eat her and sits her down and has a nice talk about her menstrual period, correct? No, see, that doesn't happen. I, I don't get it. I, I, get the, I get the red is blood thing, but what is it, like, don't have sex with wolves on your period? Don't have sex with wolves on your period is a pretty good piece of advice. The best advice about not having sex on your period is that... Um, <laughs> The, uh, of all who, of them. There's a whole ball of them. Of all of the uh, well-known... <laughs> okay, go on. Guy who messes around with girl on her period gets called red-handed. Hey-o. Uh, what are you... That's like a bad Confucius says. Yeah, no, no, I was trying to turn it into something like that's that. It's my fortune um, cookie. <laughs> anyway. Fortune cookie said that. Speaking of putting your hand in your cookie, Logan, let's talk Hold about on, the red... red. What? Well, I'm contemplating Googling Red Riding Hood and menstrual period. Well, the Google. Um, Let's get the facts on this, because I feel I like you're just completely... And there's no correlation. I don't understand. I feel like you're just completely I, riffing on this. I'm not making this up, Red Riding Look Hood. Oh, um, wait. I got all dro- night. I'm talking this voice forever. Period. Oh, I accidentally did a Google image search. This mm-hmm. is it's going to go well for you. <laughs> uh-huh. um, first of all, it's tell me how to spell menstrual. Menstrual. Um, now it's tell me how to spell red. Okay. Yeah. And I chose the right one here. Oh, there's a Wikipedia about this. That's fine. Okay, all right. Break it down for me. Last week, Wikipedia is nothing but the truth. Um, yeah, Wikipedia knows when the ATM was invented. <laughs> not 1939. Um, so now i got to do a find minstrel. We'll do a time lapse. Don't worry. This just happened immediately to the viewers. Okay. Sexual awakening. Um, well, sexual awakening. No interpretations here. Interpretations. Well, sexual awakening is a bit. All right, go on. I get there, that one. Um, Red Riding Hood has been seen as a parable of sexual maturity. Okay. In this interpretation, the red cloak symbolizes the blood of the menstrual cycle. Okay. Braving the dark force of womanhood. <laughs> the dark, or as the, we all know it this, to be. Oh, it gets better. Or the cloak could. This is. <laughs> I imagine this is some nerd now. Or, or hold on, wait, 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 guy. Or the cloak could symbolize the hymen. Okay, sure. Earlier versions of the tale, you know, because like think, how girls used to oh, wear their hymens on their backs. Yes, yeah, but then the guy goes on to completely throw that. He says earlier versions of the tale do not specifically state that the cloak is red. No. Anyway, in this case, the wolf threatens the girl's virginity. Oh no. Okay, that again. The, the wolf symbolizes a man who could be a lover, seducer, or sexual predator. Right. Um. Anyway, that's basically all they have. Well, There's other stuff too that are nowhere near as interesting. Interpretation: Wolf attack. Okay. <laughs> I guess. So if you. Not, <laughs> Not that great of an interpretation, but okay. Um, birth is one as well. Uh, natural cycles, which uh, I can see even more ha- more so. Some um, people die and some people eat other people. It's a natural cycle. 
Okay, but I get the sexual awakening thing, I guess, right? I mean, but then again, what's the? But then, if that's the interpretation, what's the moral? Like, is it like if you walk with with strange boys in the woods and have sex with them, your grandmother will be eaten? Oh, apparently, this is uh, actually that interpretation has been used in not the one you just said <laughs> has been used in uh, different movies. It says a Neil Jordan film in 1984 um, involves uh, the wolf is in fact a werewolf who comes to newly menstruating Red Riding Hood in the forest to form uh, in the form of a charming hunter. Uh, he then turns into a wolf and eats her grandmother, <laughs> and is about to devour her as well when she seductively ends him by sleeping with him. Wait, uh, sexual awakening. Um, I am Netflix this movie as we speak. <laughs> so it sounds like the moral is women gain power once they become sexual creatures. Yes, because she kills the wolf, right? Done. Except she doesn't in any of the versions of the story I've read. It's uh, Wait, always the hunter. So you have to be saved right, yeah, by, by a, a man. So don't trust right. men until you're saved by them. So what happens is that she goes out into the to grandmother's house, okay? Yes. And she just so happens to river. start her menstrual cycle then for the first time. Coincidence. Um, is, or is it? Thus, um, she instantly pops some boobs out and hits puberty and sleeps with the wolf to put an end to him because she's now all woman. And she comes back to the village and she's like, dude, guess who I slept with? You and will not believe like, who is a slut. Don't tell me about this. Um, you'll never believe who's a slut. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here, up high. We only earned this hood, that's right. Yeah, what other animals can I fuck? Let's see, frogs are kind of cool. <laughs> and then Peta was formed. <laughs> Um, anyway, you've got to stop no. that girl from fucking talking animals. <laughs> Ryan, they really do want to marry animals. Well, they do. I know. Sorry, but if they uh, they don't good. care about taking insulin if they have diabetes. That's an animal made oh. product, Logan. No, there's more to it than that. There's anyway, we talked about it all night long. All right, but let's get to instead the the uh, the meat and potatoes because I gotta I gotta I gotta feel like more like a man now after telling this story. Yeah. Um, and that's the Red Riding Hood, which is an all-man movie. 2011's Red Riding Hood, as directed by, what's her name, Christine Hardwick, I believe? Um, uh, director yeah, of yeah. the Twilight, first Twilight movie, right? Catherine She's Hardwick. Actually, she had tons of indie street fame for 13, mostly. Oh. Um, and then some other film. Uh, and then she kind of threw it away when she did Twilight, because none of those people claim her anymore. Yeah, well, that's I'm not surprised, because Twilight was a terrible movie. And this, has, uh, this shares a few things in common with it. It Actually, it does more so than, um, actually... I was about to say more so than you would think, but it pretty much shares as much as you would think with it, I guess. Yeah, it seems um, like a pretty calculated attempt to, uh, to uh, you know, cash in on Twilight, actually. From a blacklisted writer, though, in Hollywood, which is interesting, this is uh, hmm. not his first film. It's the same writer who brought us Orphan. Oh, I liked um, Orphan. Interesting, which uh, the connection to that is we did, uh, I almost said Taken, we did Unknown a few weeks back, and yes. that was the same director as Orphan, so the Orphan people are getting around now. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I like Orphan, too. And it's also the same guy who, uh, I don't think you've seen this movie, even though I think I've told you over and over again to see it, who's doing who's writing the remake of Lake Mungo. Mm, I haven't seen it, sorry. Excellent movie, uh, the original is. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, since we're talking about it, let's get into the direction really fast. Okay. Um, we're talking about Twilight. I want to say it's pretty much directed just like Twilight. I, I agree. Know. Tons of close-ups, um, lots of mist, has that kind of drab, romantic, gothic feel going for it. Um, and I will say that this kind of serves a lot better in this type of film than it did in Twilight, uh, in my opinion, at least. Because um, a lot of it seemed out of place in Twilight. Sure, it's uh, it's in Washington, and it, it's kind of drab there anyway, I guess, and rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also helps that we had a female lead who didn't spend the whole movie playing for her hair. Uh, who I could look at better in close-ups and be okay with. Oh, Amanda Siegfried? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Is it Amanda? Oh, double check this. Amanda Seyfried or Seyfried, S-E-Y-F-R-E-I-D. 
Who knows? But girl from Jennifer's Body, who I really like. Yes, yeah, she was great in that. Um, and I'm sure my girlfriend and uh, everyone, every every guy's girlfriend knows her from Mean Girls and a few other films too. Letters to Juliet. Every guy's girlfriend would be a good name for a movie. You should write that. Yeah, I'm totally writing it right now. Uh, Gary Oldman and Billy Burke uh, are in it as well, and they're uh, they're sort of bringing the the cred to it. I feel like they are they, they really are sort of the legitimate actors in the movie. Gary Oldman, you can tell, took no direction whatsoever. He just showed up and did his Gary Oldman. Which you have to respect. He clearly just is yelling all the time. No, no, no. And then he gets like, now I'm dramatically soft for a second. Like, it's, yeah, he's just doing his <laughs> he's, bit. He's classically trained to act that exact way. Exactly. Um, and he's good, I, for what's worth in this film. Um, but also, uh, this is a Billy, big year for Billy Burke, I feel. Yeah. Um, and looking at him in the trailer, I was like, okay, he's only in this, obviously, because she wanted to pull some of the Twilight cast, um, if possible. Um, and she pulled the right one of him, I think. He's really showing his range this year. I liked him in Drive Angry, and I liked him in this. Um, but okay, so uh, I guess we we touched on the directing and the actors. So let's talk about the actual movie itself. Ryan, what happens um, that's new in a 2011 version of Red Riding Hood? Well, it's the classic story uh, you come to expect, but it's, uh, it's twisted up a little bit. So Red Riding Hood, uh, or I guess her name is Valerie in the movie, is uh, living in this sort of provincial town uh, in the in fairy book times. It's not really a specific time of, or a specific place that actually exists in history. It's it's fairy tale land, but it's not, um, you know, enchanted or Shrekky or anything like that. It seems <laughs> Thank God. it's as yeah. realistic as it can be, uh, but it's still very sort of uh, this type of film stylized. Yes. Yes. Um, so and she's in love with this uh, this kid, this boy, uh, Peter. Peter. And they're going to run away together, but the thing is... Are we supposed to get a Peter and the Wolf reference there? Because I like it, if not. Good point. I didn't pick up on that until you just said that. Yeah, uh, perhaps, on. perhaps. Um, but, uh, but, oh, I should say that, so every uh, full moon, they have to sacrifice an animal to ward away this giant wolf, who, if they don't huh. sacrifice the animal, the wolf shows up. And uh, and you know kills one of the townspeople. So, right. but for years they've had no problem. They've been sacrificing animals. The wolf stayed away. Everything's okay. But then um, uh, the uh, the this suddenly the wolf comes back, uh, concurrent with uh, Valerie learning that she has to marry this other guy named Henry, who she's betrothed to but doesn't want to marry. She wants to run away with Peter. You could uh, say she's hit her sexual awakening. I might say that actually. Sorry, I'm trying to tie this in now. Um, I could say. I'm that. wearing glasses as I say it, by the way. You know, you Ryan, you could say. Yeah, some scholars would interpret this. I have a as, pipe that uh, says. So there's anyway, a close-up okay. of her vagina, and then she no. So um, so anyway, they have to worry about the wolf, uh, and also she has to decide which boy she wants to run away with. Uh, meanwhile. Gary Oldman shows up to be a wolf hunter in a spectacular role. Uh, she goes. Which to is what the Catholic Church did back then. I'm That's what sure. they did. That's actually their profession. But the Catholic Church was fun back then. They were like, we have exorcisms yeah, and they got, we fight they werewolves, probably vampires. They had everything covered, and pretty much their local priest, I guess, or priest in training, Lucas Haas, sure. uh, who I haven't seen in a while and has not changed at all since he was 14. Right. Um, basically, uh, he's like, listen, you know, it's time to call on experts. So they call in Father Gary Oldman. Father Gary Holtman, yes. Oh, his name, I forget anyway. Uh, but Solomon, Father it, Solomon. He does pretty much show up as, yeah, like the Catholic Church um, with uh, his gang of Negroes. Um, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Why not that? <laughs> so, yeah, he shows up with his gang of African-Americans, which get like a gasp from the crowd, which is awesome, because in this fairy tale world, they've never seen an African, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty um, big deal. And he also shows up with uh, his medieval torture devices, um, in the form of a uh, big bronze elephant, 
Um, which one guy was just riding in. I was kind of wondering what point that had in the movie. I'm glad it kind of paid yeah, off. Yeah, well, when it's not being used as an oven to torture people uh, slowly with heat, it's just fun to kind of ride in there. For the ride in, of course, yeah. yeah. And talk to. Gary was like talking to it at one point. He's playing well, it up. He's like, yeah, he, really he is just crazy. He tells a story of how, you know, his wife was a werewolf and he had to kill oh, his yeah, wife. Mark. That is just like the most chewing the scenery it's, thing in the world. But it's so fun to watch because he's amazing. Yes, he and he gets a great um, kind of... Uh, um, sub-story in this film, like a secondary story that kind of hits a dead end, I'll be honest. It does. Um, but I liked it because it gave him more to do, and that, uh, it made the film a bit more respectable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get more to that. Um, so basically, based on the story you just told, Ryan. Well, I, let me say her grandmother's in it, too. She, she does, uh, her grandmother lives just outside of town, and, oh, uh, and they, she goes to, con- to uh, consult with grandma about things, uh, about love and other, other things. So she's, she's a player, and her parents are in the story as well. So what you're telling me, Ryan, is that um, she's kind of uh, in this bind where she has to choose between two guys who are the exact opposite, mm-hmm. and one of them may or may not be a wolf. Right. That's the whole thing. They, the wolf is a werewolf, we should say, and somebody, according to Gary Oldman, in the town is the wolf. So it's a matter of not only does she have to figure out which boy she's in love with, but uh, either one of them or anyone else in the town could actually be the wolf. And she finds out that the wolf can talk because the wolf talks to her and says, run away with me, and now she thinks it's definitely one of her boyfriends. And then adding to this is the fact that her dad is also Bella's dad from the Twilight movies. So it's a whole complicated thing there because of, you know... I'm a bit confused as to what... Was this a Twilight film, Ryan? It's like mm-hmm. a prequel set back in the day that told us how Jacob came to be? Well, it kind of was because it's all just about, uh, you know, impossibly, you know, perfect heroine has to pick between uh, two... perfect hair. Yeah, two, uh, you know, brooding boys with nice hair. I mean, it is basically Twilight. Uh, but it's Twilight with an element of mystery, and that was the only thing that kept me actually interested in the movie. And I think it actually... Um, it's not, it's not a very intelligent mystery, but there was enough going, much like I would say Bloody Valentine 3D, where it was like there's just enough of me not knowing what's going on that kept me interested. And, and I will say that uh, I did not guess who the wolf was. I will totally agree with you this song, Ryan. It, the element of mystery, and when you really look at it, there's not, you actually, I think, describe maybe more plot than there really is in this film. It's quickly set up at the beginning, and the only thing the movie has going that stretches it out to whatever the runtime may be is this mystery of yes. who is it and who is it not. And we get different hints along the way. Um, and that slightly actually elevates the movie um, to that, to at least being average of anything, which which is instantly above Twilight, Yeah, I have to say. And that's that's a good thing going for this film, I think. And there's something there, um, something of texture to add to it. Um, there are, we hit the performances, I think uh, we pegged all the good ones. There are a lot of really good performances in the movie. Um, everyone's pretty to look at, even that Gary Oldman. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hammy performances, but... Yeah, no, that's true. It's kind of what you expect, though, just instantly based on the scenery and what you're seeing. This is, you kind of know what the first line is when someone walks out and how, how they're right. going to play. Um, and it even, ha- you know, even has those twilight touches of, like, modern music set into it, mm-hmm. uh, like, of the emo brand, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I kind of knew what to expect going in, so it doesn't really hurt the movie that much. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, and, and again, it's not particularly my cup of tea. Uh, that's sort of like, it's more of a... It's sort of more of a, you know, a teen girl kind of kind of movie. I mean, maybe not... I, I, maybe that, I'm not sure that necessarily that was their target, although I think that that's sort of... I think it's like their PG-13 rating kind of... Yeah, yeah or sort of a Danish kind of movie, I guess. But um, uh, but I think that for what it was, you know, it was it was okay. Now, um, it was also sort of ludicrous. It sort of drug on. It, uh, you know, it, it didn't have... That's much, like I said, yeah. yeah. They, were, they depended a little too much on the mystery, perhaps, at times. Um, and 
I'd like to say that there are red herrings, but there's not so much. It's just obviously, hey, you're supposed to think it's this guy. Don't you think it's him? It's like everyone, oh, there's a scene where everybody could be the wolf, and it's just, it's not like, oh, now I, th- I thought it was him. Now I think it's him. Now I think it's him. It's sort of just like, really, it's everyone. Everyone looks like they're the wolf. It's so. just stretching the runtime at that point. But what you got in the middle there that kind of fills it in well, um, there's a few action scenes that actually, I think, serve the movie well um, and are kind of cool. Um, the CG is not terrible for this kind of movie. I get the feeling it might look pretty bad when you see it on DVD or Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, furthermore, the uh, when they go to explain the mystery, sure there might be some holes there. Uh, Entertainment Weekly described it as actually being icky, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but I, I kind of like the explanation, and I when I connected it back to what we learned earlier in the movie, it works. I liked the I identity liked... of the wolf, but I didn't yeah, necessarily was... buy any of the explanation around it. Well, pretty much because the person says, well, no, I don't have <laughs> No, I can't say it. it gives it away. Never mind. Okay. Uh, no, the, um, I, I don't know. It works. Um, it's a yet another case of good acting, I think, that kind of makes it work, of anything. Uh, it is. But it's, it's good acting for this film is, is what you should expect, I guess. It is um, good acting, but I think that it, it sort of still suffers from very silly reasoning and, and dialogue towards the end, especially towards the end. It gets kind of silly. And then there's another extra twist that is so silly related to the, the love story uh, that the movie started losing points rapidly in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I can easily see that, too. Uh, it does kind of just kind of throw out a lot towards the end. Um, but I, I don't know. It's not a, a terrible way to spend your time. I wouldn't quite recommend running out and seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. But it's better than I expected, I will say that much. Uh, in the end, uh, Red Riding Hood gets a five from me. Gets a five from me. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's worth checking out on TV someday, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's again, five, mediocre. It's fine. There are definitely good things about it. There's also some very, a very large amount of laughable things about it. But this does fit well into that sort of like, oh, this is on TNT. I'll watch it. Well, right, right. Else. It's it's one of those films. I can't say anything really bad either way about it. Um, it just kind of rides the rails, Ryan. It, it gets me there on time. What can I say? <laughs> right. <laughs> and now I have my menstrual period. So it's weird that you like this more than uh, uh, adjustment adjustment bureau because no, I would say I, I feel the would, same way about that. I thought that would come up actually. That's so weird because I was just thinking about that before the show. Because mm-hmm. um, I knew someone, if not Ryan, would say, "Now hold on, Logan. You rate this higher someone than on the adjust- show." But let's be honest, those are two separate movies, so I think the, the ratings can be separate They're there, definitely too. separate movies. Um, but I think in the end what uh, Red Riding Hood needed was a lot of goofy hats. If, uh, the werewolf had, in fact, had a hat that uh, involved... Uh, see, if he could only turn into the wolf when he had the hat, then I think we would have had something here. Yeah. And so at the end, he's like, listen, if you want to be like me, you got to wear one of these. And when you break somebody's spine as a werewolf, I always break it clockwise. Yeah, I was about to say, clockwise. Yeah. Don't do counterclockwise, because that's only that's for us just wolves. for us. <laughs> us wolf man people. Right. Um, well, let's talk uh, werewolf films quickly, Ryan. Sure thing. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, any favorites out there? Well, I, think you, I disagree on this, actually. Have we done this before on the show? Mm, I don't think we've done it on this show. I feel like... Uh, we did it on Podcorn, maybe. Okay. Uh, do um, we? I don't know. Well, I will say that the one that comes to mind, even though I'm not going to say it's the best one, uh, is Teen Wolf. That's just the one that always comes to my mind as a werewolf. That's, that's one I always forget about, and then whenever I'm having this conversation with someone, usually it's you. Right. I'm like, do you Peter, think about Teen Wolf? Yeah, I get a phone call in the middle of the conversation Hello? and be like, hey, you know, are talking about wolves? Teen Wolf's my pick. You call once a week just hoping I'm talking about wolves. <laughs> are you talking about wolves yet? 
It's actually an allegory for uh, modern women, and then there's blood. Just wolf, right. I'll put vagina. the phone down. Just let him talk, people. Um. <laughs> He's on speaker. It's going to be great. <laughs> what do you think about vampires, Ryan? Well, that's a whole separate issue because... <laughs> Every time you mention someone's period, drink, okay, guys? We need to write Teen Dracula. Let's write Let's the movie write Teen Dracula. Dracula. Uh, anyway, uh, no, Team Wolf is a good one. Uh, my all-time favorite, of course, uh, this is just, I have to say, it's The Howling. Yeah, um, I, I have no option there. Uh, it's but it's movie. second uh, pretty much by uh, American Warrior from London. Great movie. Um, which I insanely love. Um, there's a few others tossed in there. Um, the uh, the, yeah, the, the Bell Lugosi original, or I'm sorry, the Lon Chaney original has its merits. Yes, oh yeah, I had a fun time with that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some you should avoid at all costs. Uh, cursed, I believe it's called yeah. the West one. No one saw. Um, we must have done this before. You're right. Oh well. Um, cursed though does have uh, uh, at least it has, um, and all of all people has Bowling for Soup doing it. Um, someone performing Little Red Riding Hood within it. Okay. True. So I kind of wanted the emo version of that to pop up at some point in this movie. True. That would have helped it. Didn't happen. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of. Uh... It's mostly bad ones. I can't think of, like, werewolf films are kind of like vampire films, and what, and honestly, this is kind of what zombie films are becoming for me, too. They're just kind of getting all the same, so I'm like, eh, I don't care so much about it anymore. Well, um, I feel like I've I, mentioned it before, but uh, Michael Landon's I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Ah, uh, yes. Saw that through Mystery Science Theater. Pretty funny. Uh, oh, the uh, Underworld films, which I never got into that yeah, much, which are like early Twilight now, looking back, because I was a vampire uh-huh. versus uh, werewolves. Um, which apparently is also the plot of Joe Dante's upcoming werewolf movie, which I'm a little concerned about, but still yeah. interested. Well, if anything, um, you know, Joe. I, I, honestly, Joe Dante's made some films that aren't that great before. Sure. He throws enough movie jokes in there for nerds that you'll get through it fine and come out happy in the end. <laughs> movie jokes for nerds by Joe Dante. That was his third book after How to Play Golf. <laughs> How to Play Golf, the Joe Dante. It <laughs> <laughs> just horsing around. Joe Dante is just bareback riding. <laughs> The bad image of like his head photo right, exactly. on Fabio's body or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, from Mars, women are from Venus, says Joe Dante. <laughs> it's just an allegory about <laughs> Roger Corman's B film from about right, <laughs> space right. aliens. Yeah. Anyway, no good time was had by all. How to make um, love the Joe Dante way. <laughs> no, I'm not at all concerned about that film. Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully it'll get a theatrical release because his last few have not. Oh, which is kind of sad. Meanwhile, what's going on with, uh, speaking of other people who've done werewolf movies we like, what's going on with John Landis's uh, Burke and Hare? Yeah, what's, uh, what's up with that? I, I hope feel that's like, coming out soon. Yeah, I, I feel like we were actually past the date when that was supposed to be done. Um, um, if anything, they must they have to at least be in post-production now. I he's doing other yeah. stuff at this time. He's showing up in like opening movies right now and everything, so you would think he'd be hard at work with this? I don't know. I know they got into filming because we ran that picture on the site. Oh, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It should at least be in post-production. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, maybe it's been this, delayed or uh, or something. Hopefully it's got done like, and it might just be delayed releasing it, which is bad, but, you know. Well, this might be like Joe Dante's uh, The Hole, um, which I got wonderful reviews, but the studio who produced it dropped it right away. Hmm. And so it's now without a home, uh, which is why we might not see it for a long time. Well, it may depend on how – if it is done and it being held back, it might depend on how Paul does. Because if Paul does really well, then whoever's holding on to Burke and Hare will be like, well, we have a Simon Pegg movie. Yeah, the, yeah. Say, at least Simon Pegg has a name in it, so that's uh, someone. Although I think Simon Pegg's not yet crossed over that one – You know, he hasn't quite hit that uh, – jumped over that wall yet that he needs to get by to – like the Christian Bell wall, I guess. I took Star a Trek 2 and uh, Mission Impossible 4 will help with that. Uh, hopefully, yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's a few other werewolf films there, too. Uh, if you have any favorites, let us know. Sure. And we will try our best to see them if we haven't already. 
I'm always up for a werewolf movie, really. I feel like I've seen a whole bunch, but none, like, that's how werewolf movies are, though. I, it's one of those, like, vampire movies. Like I said, you kind of seen it all before. So unless it does something new. Yeah, that's true. Don't think much of it. Um, but anyway. Well, you really like the Benicio de Toro werewolf. I did, actually, yeah, yeah. See, there, there's one I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's a good, fun film. I wouldn't quite recommend that as a, you know. Neither would I. Thing. Although, that's Joe Johnston, of Jumanji fame, and now he's doing the new Captain America, is that right? I think so. Oh, that's the guy who's doing Captain America? Yeah, don't say, ooh, I think that's a good thing, actually. I think he has a great sense of adventure. Oh, man, I hope so. But you have to remember, a lot of Wolfman was butchered in post. Like, that wasn't him. Yeah, all right. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I think he's doing that. I'm not sure, though. Um, let's make up some more crap for next week's show. What do you have in mind? Uh, next week, we'll talk about sea demons. What's your favorite sea demon movie? Um, is that, like, a sea monkey, but, like, demonized? Yes. It's a sea like monkey that the sea. media doesn't like. Okay. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. uh, sea demon film? Oh, there's a bunch I've just added to my Netflix. I haven't seen the Roger Corman, of course. Piranha. Uh, good thing about. Um, does Piranha count as a sea demon, though? I don't know. It's not really a demon, no. Yeah, it's just kind of like just a, a normal thing, maybe? Yeah, it's a sea mutant. Um, did we discuss... I think we did discuss the amazing title, too. Oh, I think I put it on Critical End. Piranha 2 um, is getting... It's going to be called Piranha 3DD, I think is what it's called. That's actually really great. Which is really great, yeah. So sticking with everything that we saw in the first film. Excellent, excellent. Which is sad, because if you notice with all these releases on DVD and Blu-ray, they drop that. Yeah, um, they're just calling it Piranha. Jackass 3 just came out today with called just Jackass 3. It's not. <laughs> right, yeah. That's a different movie, though, Logan, yeah, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> they dropped the 3D, so when that comes out, I, they better keep the 3 double D because that's all it has going for it at this point. Now, Jackass 3D is actually, if you look closely, an allegory for a woman's menstrual cycle. I, I got that actually when he said I'm Johnny Knoxville and now it's um, my first menstrual And my cycle. vagina is bleeding. <laughs> Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. You so caught it's me in the middle this. of a bleeding vagina. But you know, um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. No, well, next week we will um, compare the allegory of menstrual cycles and Bradley Cooper's career and the upcoming uh, Limitless. Limitless, which with, is a uh, metaphor yeah. for masturbation. Um, and it also features a uh, a menstruating Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, that actually would explain his acting recently. <laughs> okay, he's just very a, uncomfortable. <laughs> and a uh, post blue period menstrual. Um, what? What? Liam Neeson. Oh. Furthermore, Liam Neeson isn't in this. <laughs> neither is Robert Downey Jr. I mean, oh, I thought, you, oh, I thought you said Robert De Niro. No, no, you catch on to these oh, things. I'm sorry. Um, no, we, we got Limitless next week with Bradley Cooper and uh, the um, guy. De Niro. De Niro. Yes. Now, this is a musical, correct, Ryan? Yes, it's Limitless! Exclamation point. Like, he, he was a man who had AIDS, and he's fighting to stay alive. And yes. even though they're telling him he only has that week to live, and right. he leaves, he's limitless. So he, he has can get out, do a all he rare can. form of AIDS that can only be cured by Broadway numbers. Um, let's hope he sings enough to uh, get Th- by. Here's a, here's a retro pick for the week. Um, uh, speaking of musicals, I watched Best Little Whorehouse in Texas this week. I've never seen it. Um, it's actually a good time, not a great film. Um, yeah. But you've got some Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and Dolly Parton there. There's nothing wrong with that. No, Jim Neighbors as well. Sure. Um, and there's some really, really fun musical numbers, but it's like it's very choppy and kind of rough around the edges, despite uh, like the great. But it has you know it has those great big numbers and all that. That's all fun. Sure. But a lot of the film seems to kind of come and go at points. And then I read on IMDb that there's a lot of directors kind of left a film, and it took a while to they like stuck with one. Um, 
and they ended up dropping a lot of songs from the play and replacing Dolly Parton songs. So they're like, well, we have her, might as well use her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Just interesting. But even further interesting, I you know after I watched, I was like, okay, who would I cast now in these parts? Um, I definitely try and make it closer to the play, which I'd seen. I enjoyed the play. Um, I dropped all the Dolly songs because you know you know I love Dolly Parton. Um, I dropped the Dolly songs and thinking of a cast, I was kind of picking like a Hugh Jackman maybe for okay. uh, um, Hugh Jackman for H.G. Uh, uh, Ackerman. H.J. Ackerman, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. But anyway, anyway, the long story short, IMDb is saying that it is being remade right now. Interesting. A lot of that stuff's getting remade, which is kind of uh, an odd cycle, uh, you know, that uh, Broadway is, is cannibalizing movies and, uh, and movies are cannibalizing Broadway. This is kind of stuff, yeah, I want to see, though. It's, um, you know, I, hopefully it'll be more like the original play, because it was a play first. Right. Um, so I want to see more of that and less stuff like an example I cannot think of right now. There needs um, to be more werewolf musicals. I agree. Now, hold on. I'm sure if we put our heads to it, we could figure out a werewolf musical. Uh, I'm sure there have been. Remember I'm when we wrote uh, Sorority Vampires something something? Yes. We wrote a treatment for it anyway. We didn't actually write it. That would have been I, pretty great. I said it was excellent. Yeah, you got a great reviews from you. Put that, yeah, you put that in the treatment. You're like, Logan likes it. As I recall, right? Uh, <laughs> and then you pitched it to me. Yeah, and, and you were like, like well, mm, I like it. I have to let my reader read this. I'm like, who's your How reader? Are- it's like you. Well... <laughs> How much am I paying you, Ryan? Not enough. Oh, man. I spit Sundrop all over my screen. That's <laughs> the shocking news that I wasn't getting paid news. enough. <laughs> what? You were paying me enough. Menstrual um, cycle. <laughs> the guy who decides that this will be the first episode of Critical and he listens to. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just walking along the quad. So it seems already- like a wholesome... I like that our listeners are walking along the quad. That's like we assume. We're like, we uh, play great at the college crowd. We should we uh, go back on our campus tour. Remember when we were doing that for, like, a week? Yeah, that was when we were in college, so it doesn't really count. And we, and we didn't actually have to walk around talking loudly. Right. Podcasting! <laughs> Podcasting! Unique. Actually, when we were in college, I doubt many podcasts actually exist at that point. Oh, I listened to podcasts when we were in college. Oh, did you I really? I was an early adopter, though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I remember the first time. Well, I don't remember the first time. Um, here's a question for you. Do you remember the first YouTube video? Goes, that's a great story, Logan. <laughs> no, I don't remember. This is typical of a Logan story. Now, do you remember the very first YouTube video you ever saw? Because I remember when YouTube was a new thing. Um, I remember when it was new, but, hmm, I don't think I remember the first YouTube video I saw. Do you? See, no, no, I don't either. But I'm sure some people, a lot of people do in order to make up a great story. So I should pitch that as the next great YouTube ideal to YouTube. I'm like, why don't you do a whole series of YouTube videos? My you first have- YouTube video. Yeah, talk about the first YouTube video. You know, half of those, I guess, would be porn-related. Well, they would all be just like, you know, girl farts on cake or something. I mean... Uh, stuff not interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, all the guys would be like, I watched that trailer to Barbed Wire like 17 times. <laughs> right. I'm like, that was 1997, guy. Are you sure you were watching that on YouTube? I couldn't see until YouTube came along. <laughs> I didn't want to rent it. That would sully my reputation as a gentleman. <laughs> Barbed Wire is an allegory for the menstrual cycle. I followed it up with Girl Farty on Cake. <laughs> was I good. wouldn't eat that cake. <laughs> uh, but that little girl did, anyway. It was a double feature. and um... <laughs> Well, I also look for Critical In on iTunes. Oh, do you? It's a fascinating uh, story. Hey, where where would you look for Critical I In? I also look for Critical In on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, are you on that Facebook? I'm on the... I remember my first Facebook. It was for Barb Wire's movie page. I couldn't <laughs> join it right away because it was 1990s own. I was about to say, not only did Facebook not exist, you old-faced fat liar, you fuck, but I remember barbed wire before you. <laughs> okay. 
on Twitter. Uh-huh. I was looking up Twitter to Twitter to end. <clears throat> I was looking up critical in on the Twitter. Yeah. And I just came across barbed wire's Twitter, Ryan. Well, what else can you tell me? But can you tell me anything about iTunes? Uh, did you already mention iTunes? No, it's, I did. We there's a barbed wire podcast. There's these two guys that sound a lot like us to this great podcast where they talked in weird voices. It's like weird because it sounds like us, but not doing a weird voice. Right, right. Kind of normal. It's <laughs> normal-ish, if you will. You know, some people like it. I don't know. I think your voice is slightly changed. I think your voice is different than it was before. Why never? Whoa. <laughs> oh, uh, who's listening so to this still? Real sorry about that bit, Ryan. <laughs> um, no, Critical End is on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and... And CriticalEnd.com. Uh, and CriticalEnd.com. You know, we, since we're talking about it, we're on YouTube. If you search YouTube, you would see this great little thing from the past we did. No one uh, liked it. That we got flamed for instantly by two guys, and I'm glad that film never came out. Um, <laughs> for their sake, those fat fucks can never see that movie now. <laughs> well, you've made everyone want to go see that. Um, Sorry, I'm on my menstrual cycle, right? <laughs> this is how it is. Give me some milk chocolate. I need it. I don't understand. I only understand that through allegories. Can you? Is there a story I could read that would help me understand your problem? This word is allegory. Um, yes. Now. Sorry, another sip of sun drop here to get me through this next story. When I was a younger lad, tell people we'll see them next week, Ryan. Uh, see you next week, guys. When I was a younger lad, I went out into the woods alone. Grandmother had made me a red cloak for such an occasion because it was cold. And back then, I walked 30, 40 miles through the woods just to get to Grandmother's house. No clothes besides this cloak, right? <laughs> Which was the style of the time. Which was the style of the time. Now, Grandmother had noticed I was nude after three or four trips. So she said, I'll make you a cloak. What color do you want? And I said, anything well, what but... what color is vagina blood, I said. <laughs> I said, anything but red. Oh. Because I don't want to be associated with vagina blood. <laughs> And she said, I thought you liked that band. And I said, no, Mom, not the metal band. They sold out band. after their first album when Jive picked them up. <laughs> um, now I hate vagina blood. What voice was I doing again, Mom? Wait, <laughs> Grandmother? Oh. Anyway, there was an happy ending. Well, good. I'm glad that worked out or whatever happened. <laughs>